0: What makes you a great entrepreneur, person that can make money and make things happen, are not the same skills that make you a great leader of a great team. They're two totally different skill sets.
1: Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So, if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So, get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So, are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world, so let me let you in on a not-so-little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store, or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app Satoriprime.com. And the reviews are in and they are lively. Things like life-changing. I love the gamification. I share this with everyone in my life and my favorite, how is this free? So if you want to join your fellow Satorians in our very own exclusive community, then like I said, head either to your iTunes or Google Play Store and search for Satori Prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop. So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free, 10-part transformational miniseries that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them things like money, overwhelm, procrastination. You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole. New way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Have It All podcast. Your host, Elon Ferdman, again. And this is something that's hitting home for me. So this is going to be an education for me as well. For all the entrepreneurs out there, you know that at some point you get into a space in your business where you can no longer grow by doing it yourself. Coming from an immigrant mentality, it took us quite a while to understand that we need to ask for help. And then when you go down that hole, there's a million ways to hire the wrong person. So I brought our guest on today, Nicole Whipp, to help us with that. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much.
1: So I'm, again, I said to you on the pre-interview, like I'm super excited because this is something that we've uh, botched up many a times. Um so before we dive into all of that, let people know a little bit about you, how you got to where you are right today and what you're passionate about.
0: You know, I come from a sort of an immigrant background as well. My family definitely is in that thing. And all my family pretty much are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I followed in that footsteps as well, partly because I learned at a young age um, that I really wasn't employable. Even though I really thought I was really smart and had all kinds of skills, um, working for somebody else just did not work for me, um, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Yep. On this uh, <laughs> but I also was sort of the typical entrepreneur and that I like to try new things. And so I've started tons of businesses over the years. I mean, I've done everything from, you know, I used to have a high-end organic skincare business that was both offline and online. I have run several different law firms over the years. um, And I have this consulting and training business. And those are just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I've done importing furniture from Bali. I mean, I've done all kinds of things. So, but in the course of doing that, part of the reason that I kept trying new things was really two reasons. First of all, I like the bright shiny object.
1: Are you a Gemini by any chance? Huh? Are you a Gemini by any chance? Oh,
0: no, I'm a Sagittarian.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you're talking, I'm like, this sounds eerily familiar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, right. And so it's sort of like the entrepreneur entrepreneur thing, right? Yeah. And then on top of it though, and this is me looking back in retrospect, I was really not very good at finishing. So I'm really good at starting, not so great at finishing because I get bored. And so um, that sort of led me into realizing that after doing this many times and sort of having these really cool, successful businesses and then not being able to keep them going, I realized that I had to get help. And so this is something that you and I have talked about and I think a lot of people can relate to, which is you sort of feel like you have to do everything yourself, and for several reasons. One of the reasons for a lot of people is money, but the other reason is just because it's sort of your pride. Like I have to do it all, right? I have to be the one. And I was that person too, but I came to the realization that I couldn't. But then I started hiring team, quickly realized that it wasn't that simple Hmm. because people are complex things. And so it's not just as simple as saying, I need a project manager, I need an assistant and just hiring somebody. Um, It's never that simple. And you know, it took me a while to really figure that out, but that's what happened. And so that led to my starting with Enterprises, which is a business where I do training and consulting for both entrepreneurs and corporations on that topic.
1: Yeah, it's, so I'll add one other one too, which uh, I think was, we realized was just culturally upbringing, you know, watching our parents. So mm-hmm. this conversation of I can do it better on my own and mm-hmm. it's a waste of time to base, like every time I try to get someone's help. It takes me longer because I have to train them and do all this stuff. So that was a big hurdle for us from a, a programming standpoint as well, because truth be told, when you hire someone, no one's going to ever do things out the gate as good as you. I mean, it just, it's, it's not realistic. They don't work that way you do. They don't know your processes, etc. So maybe before we go into how to hire Maybe it's worthwhile taking a look at some of these and myths and kind of debunking them, because I think that's really important. Because it took us, we worked with a coach and mentor, and I distinctly remember the conversation where like that whole world shifted for me. So I'm sure you're working with a ton of people who are constantly giving you, well, but Nicole, this and we've tried that and da da da. So um, are there things that you can share with people to kind of debunk some of these? grand myths that we have?
0: Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is no pain, no gain.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Let's start with no pain, no gain. Okay, And I am not the kind of person that will ever tell somebody that's trying to start or run a business that you don't have to work hard. I mean, that's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but I also think that this mentality that we have no pain, no gain is a disservice when you're actually trying to run a business because it doesn't have to be that painful and you aren't Proving anything by making it that painful on yourself, and you're not doing a service to yourself, and really, you're not doing a service to your business or your clients or customers by having that mentality. And so, this no pain, no gain thing is something that I really wish that people would take a step back and say, Why do I have to feel so much pain? Mm -hmm. And is this really necessary? And is the pain that I feel helping? the people that I'm trying to serve. And I think if you ask yourself that and you sit down and think about it really honestly, the answer is going to be no. And then now you can put your head on a little straighter and think about it in in the right way. Absolutely. And then the next thing, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles that most entrepreneurs come up against is the cost or the thought of the cost of a hire and Mm -hmm. also the risk around a hire, right? So those are two separate issues So I want to sort of talk about them separately. So the cost of a hire, I don't want to pretend like it isn't in some ways a cost. Okay. I mean, yes, you have to pay money to a person in order to get them to work for you unless they're a masochist. (laughs) And and anybody that really wants to work with a real entrepreneur for free is going to be a masochist. That's all there is to it. So you have to pay people, but at the other end of the spectrum, If you think about the freedom that somebody doing the things that you really shouldn't be doing, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we go on, but doing the things that you really shouldn't be doing gives you, and the freedom that it should be giving you is the freedom to grow the business even more and to give you back the mental energy to grow the business even more. And so the cost of the hire is not a cost. It is absolutely an investment if it's done properly. And so, you know, you really want to think about every time that you want to bring somebody on that the thought process behind it is I'm investing in somebody helping me grow my business instead of thinking about it as I have to pay this person it's going to cost me all this money. So that's the first thing. And then um, the other thing is just the fear of the risk of hiring somebody because, you know, and you and I have both been through this, right? Where, And probably anybody listening that's had a hire has been through this, where you hire somebody and you're like, okay, what is wrong with this person? Why can't they do the job? Like, I don't understand why this is so hard. It isn't that hard. You know, you go through all these things and then you're like, okay, this isn't working out. Mm -hmm. And what happens a lot of times, I work people all the time that they keep people that should not be working for them for months, if not years longer than they should be. And it's partly because they're you know, like, well, somebody's better than nobody. And, you know, I have to start this all over again. And who knows if it would be, even be better the next time around. And then also um, then there's also a fear of firing people for a variety of reasons, you know, because it feels like a failure. Yep. So. So uh, let's just take that another step. Right. Because yep. <laughs> this is something I, I talk to people about all the time. So I call it the dirty little secret. Of entrepreneurship is this idea that you're just gonna hire people and everything's gonna be honky-dory and then it doesn't turn out and then you, you want to have to or have to get rid of people and that feels like a failure yep. so we're used to being high-performing people that really can knock it out of the park and then all of a sudden we have this business relationship that really sucks Yep. and it feels like a failure and so um, that is another thing I think people are secretly ashamed about those business relationships that don't work out. It feels like a personal failure on your part. Yep. Now, it might be a personal failure on your part, but there's a way to fix it. So, you know, that's really the way. Um, I just want you to think about like the fear of doing it needs to be taken away by just doing it in the right way.
1: Yeah, it's, really part of it's, it's all a matter of education and, and doing things the right way. So I wrote, I wrote a few things here before, You know, you were mentioning about like the pain stuff. What I tell people is like, just because you went through more pain, you don't get a bigger prize at the end of the journey, right? Like you're still doing the same thing. You just went through more pain. Like someone could do it with less, less effort and do it smarter and, and do that. A couple of things that really shifted for me around cost specifically, someone gave me this awesome analogy where they're like, you know, if you split up everything that you do into the doghouse you know, your house and then your like penthouse and you split up all these tasks. So like the doghouse is like the shit that you absolutely hate doing. It's just the worst part of your business, blah, blah, blah. Then there's like the house. These are things that you do easily, comfortably. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're great at them. They're just, you know, time consuming. And then there's like the penthouse. Those are like your 10% activities that bring you in the most money. You're the only one that can do them. So, and he asked, he's like, which of these, if you were to hire someone, which of these are you replacing first? And everyone's answer. I mean, I've asked this to everyone. Everyone's like, oh, the doghouse, right? Because those are the things that you hate doing and it's not, and it's, it's the things that you're, that you do easily and take your time. So like one of the things that I actually really enjoyed doing in our business as a creative outlet was I really liked video editing, mm. um, like I managing editing it or doing it? Doing it. Like I really uh-huh. like editing videos. So we shoot a ton of videos and I really liked the creative process of learning how to do different editing things, whatever. So I got really into it and um, he was like, okay, you know, so you do that. So, so how much time does it take you to make a video? I was like, I don't know. You know, it depends on the quality of the video, but anywhere from like four to eight hours. He's like, okay, great. What's an hour, like what's an hour of your time worth? I was like, $1,000 an hour. He's like, okay, great. So do you think you can find a a video editor person that can probably do, no offense, better work than you do for less money than $1,000 an hour and less time? And I was like, yeah, no brainer. He's like, that's the work that you want to be replacing. And so what I did was I found some guy that for $35 an hour, makes a video that will outdo anything I would have done in the next 10 years. He does it in half the time. And yeah, I gave up a piece of something that maybe I enjoyed doing. It was massively time consuming. Like that's the time that I could spend on the phone with a prospect, with a client, building relationships, doing the things that in my business matter most and move the needle the most. And that was the first time that that whole cost thing, to your point, like that became an investment. It's not even an investment. It's like, I'm now saving all of this money mm-hmm. by doing this. Plus it's just less head strain. You can get your brain focused on one thing. Switching our brain from one task to another mm-hmm. is very, very draining on our on our brain. So things like that were amazing um, for me to learn. And then as far as the risk stuff, you know, if you just break it down into like a three-month window it's not really a risk. You're like, you're, you're going on this little trial run. So I think the next piece that most people I know that hire are absolutely miserable at is how to hire that right person. And I even said to you, like we were in the market for a project manager and you're like, okay, that's an interesting thing because project managers is like very general term. So can you speak more to, let's start with how people go about it wrong before we tell them, you know, like the, the, the right things. Cause I think we all do things naturally and we all do them naturally wrong. Right.
0: Sure. Yes. Yeah. And so, okay. So before I, I explain this, I want everybody to know that first of all, <laughs> I come at this from true experience. Like I went through a whole period in my business where I, I literally cried for like 90 days straight. <laughs> <laughs> was making me so crazy and I was like is this worth it and I you know what I mean I literally did it was horrible like the worst experience okay and now I went from like working this 100 hours a week to five days a month in that company I have two companies and that company I only work five days a month I was working 100 hours a week because of my team so but because I had to figure out these things so I just want everybody to understand that it's not like I haven't been there because I absolutely have but I have figured it out. Yeah. And so um, I think you know, like how you said about the project manager thing. Taking a step back, actually, let's take one one more step back even. I would prefer that the very first hire for anybody would be the person that does the doghouse things. And the reason is because that is the stuff that takes up the most mental energy for you, the entrepreneur. When you have to do these things that you're like, you avoid doing them when you do them, the quality of the output pretty much sucks because it's not really your thing or, you know, and it just, it makes you feel like you have the 10 pound rock on your chest or, you know, you feel like sick to your stomach. Like when you have to do those types of things, if you can get that off your plate, your mental energy and your ability to be able to express creative energy in your business is going to skyrocket. Yep. However there is a big problem with hiring that person for anybody and the problem is that because you hate doing those things you don't know really how to explain to somebody how they should be done
1: no process
0: you don't have process around it that's right and um you don't want to hire somebody that's like you you want to hire somebody that actually likes to do those kinds of things and has a natural instinct to doing those kinds of things. So then like, let's just keep going down the path. If that's the case that you are, don't have a natural instinct for those things, you need to hire somebody who does. Inherent in that is a potential conflict because your way of approaching problem solving and that person's way of approaching problem solving are going to be completely two different ways. And to be honest with you, neither one of you is really going to understand each other. And so it causes conflict and this is part of the reason why people have a lot of struggle in those types of um, business team relationships so um, you know a lot of the work that we do is really about placing value on the differences and really trying to bring that conversation into play because for example i'm the bright shiny object person i'm the idea person my main assistant is the person that's like okay Do we have all the supplies that we need? Did I make sure that I followed up with the client in the exact right way that it needs to be done? Did I say this thing on the phone to this person in the exact way that it needs to be said? She isn't improvising. She doesn't want to improvise. Me, I'll improvise all day long. So we don't understand each other on some level, but I value her greatly and she values me greatly because we value the fact that we're different. And so we have to have this way of talking to each other and of communicating with one another. So I think like if you think about hiring your first hire in that way and you're really cognizant of the fact that it's not going to be a necessarily always a smooth relationship, yeah. then you're, and that, that's just part of doing business. This isn't personal. This is part of doing business is that your way is in everybody's way and it's okay. This is part of doing business and that's part of being a great business leader is really getting that down And then working it out with that person. So it's like taking that the whole way through is probably the very first important thing that anybody needs to be doing.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's dig in that a little bit because we each have our own process of doing stuff. mm. And most of the time it's not a process. It's just something that we kind of like in our brain have. Mm. And then we hire someone and to the point before we were talking about, you know, like, I feel like a failure. One of the things that I learned is there's nothing wrong with assistance that you hire. You're unable to explain to them a process that they need to follow. So one of my friends who's incredible at this, his whole thing is he maps out every single process. And so he'll like write down step by step, like to the, to the level of detail of turn on my computer open a browser. Oh you know, like we don't think these things. We start at like step 12 and we're like, do this. Why don't you understand? Do this, do this, because we've been doing it for so long. And so he taught me that it's not, there's nothing wrong with that person. There's something wrong with your process. And it's not that they failed or you failed. It's that you haven't delivered a good enough process. So his metric is I should have a process that I can hand over to any. Human being on the planet, and they could follow that process and execute that thing. It was the first time I thought of anything to that level. I was like, wow, I'm not good at doing that. <laughs>
0: so, what I would recommend for people that are like you and I, because I'm the same way, like yeah. I'm not going to write down every nth detail. Yeah. But I will say, and you know, you're probably exactly the same way, and, and people that are listening that might be like us are thinking I'm exactly this way too, which is, I'm not going to write down every detail, but you can bet your butt that I want every single detail and I notice every single detail and I will be straight if every detail is not managed in the way that it needs to be managed. And so this is the big, huge problem that people that have more instincts like you or I have that we don't really think about it in way of process. We just act. Yeah. We don't know how, but we want it done right because we're the business owner and, and you know, and it like enrages us when it isn't done right. And so- yep. If you aren't a process person, you need to hire somebody that really has an instinct for process, but you need to let them create the process. So that was the biggest game changer for me. I will tell my team, this is what I want the result to be. This is what it needs to look like. Go figure it out. Then they go, they sit down by themselves or with each other. They hash it through. They get it all down. They map it out. Then then I look at it and then I say, oh, wait, we have to do No, this doesn't belong here. It needs to go here. Oh, yeah, you know what? We need these three things in here. And then we implement it into a process management system and everybody's accountable to it. And everybody has to follow it. And then we optimize it as time goes on. And this is what we teach all of our clients to do. But um, it's partly about letting your team member really take ownership of that process if you are not a naturally process-oriented person, which most of us aren't. And even if you are a process-oriented person, to still let that team or team member have some ownership of the process because you're gonna get a much better work quality and output from somebody that has ownership over what they do.
1: Yeah, and that's so, so good. So. Just walk me through, if you would, or walk us through, if you would, what that looks like. Because for an entrepreneur, some of the things that might be coming up for people is this whole, you know, we're control freaks. It's mm-hmm. the reason we're unemployable. It's, you know, we don't take direction really well. We like do our own thing. And so because of that, I found that when we hired people, the natural tendency is to be like, I need you to do this, this, and this. How does one shift that into what you just discussed, which I think is brilliant, which is here's what needs to be accomplished. I'm trusting you to take care of that and figure it out. Come back to me when you figured out that process. Like how did you make that switch?
0: Well, mentally I made the switch because I had to, right? I mean like, and I'll just tell every single person that's listening you have to make the switch. Like there's no ifs ands or buts about it. If you want to have a truly successful business, I mean, you know, I've been running this business for over a decade with million, you know, million, multi-million dollar profitability every single year. The only reason that that happens is because I made the switch, right? And so if that's what you know, you don't want to have a business that you burn out of. You don't want to have a business that you can never take a vacation from and truly disconnect from. You don't want to have a business that you sacrifice your, your spouse or your partner and your family for. You don't want to have a business like that. You have to make the switch. And so um, I always tell people, like I believe that people are much more driven by pain than they are by pleasure. Like we think of entrepreneurs will say out loud when I talk to people, they'll be like, well, I want freedom, right? Which is a pleasure thing. But the reality is, is that they want freedom because they're driven by pain, from whatever they've been experiencing they hate so much yep. that they're moving toward that but it's not that they're moving toward it it's actually that they're moving away from something yep. so it's partly like you have to think to yourself how am i going to move away from being a slave to my business well you're gonna move away from being a slave to your business by understanding that you have to allow other people to take control of some things mm. and believe me, I get it. It's hard because I'm the biggest control freak there is. Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer. So I'm definitely a control freak, but, um, but you have to, because if you want to have freedom in your business, that's what that, that's simply what has to happen. There's no other choice. And so, um, so you bring in the people, you show them loyalty, they give it back. Right. I think that's another big mistake that people make in hiring is I, I, and this is something that I will tell you it's happening right now all over the entrepreneurial world. We see it is the idea is I'm going to hire this part-time VA and I'm going to have like five different part-time VAs doing things. And um, I just challenge people to think about that a little bit because if you really expect people to be really loyal to you and your company and to take it seriously the way you do, Mm -hmm. and you want people to really be passionate about the work that you do, I do, don't you? Right. Then You have to show them loyalty if
1: you expect them to show it to you. Hey, I just wanted to pause here for a second and tell you about something that I realize many of you have no idea about. So Guy and I have just released a brand new advanced training. So after hundreds of emails and questions, constantly asking us, well, how do I have it all? How do I have it all? We've created the five pillars to having it all. So if any of the things we share with you here on the podcast have resonated with you, then I'd like to invite you personally to an all new training. Now you can register for the next live class by heading to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. There you'll be able to register for the next live class. Or if you're one of these people that I need it now, you can always just watch the latest replay on that page as well. This by the way, my friends is a robust in-depth training that will help you clearly see what's currently stopping you in any area of your life, be it your health, your relationships, your finances, or simply just maybe you want to manifest that big dream. It will help you with all of that. So again, go check it out by going to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. And now back to the podcast.
0: And so if you're like people, this drives me crazy and I, but I used to do it too. Well, you know, maybe you can have 20 hours and then maybe next week. I don't know. I can't really afford 20 hours next week. So maybe 10 and you're yanking somebody around and they don't know really what their next dollar is going to be from you. And you know, you got three people. It's just such a horrible way to run your business. If if I'm sitting here and I'm saying this to you, it's probably making sense. How do you expect loyalty if you don't give it right? So it's like, you need, like, these are things that you need to do. If you want to have a great team, you need to be loyal to them. You need to show them that you're serious. You want them to be passionate. You need to let them. And you. so you need to let them have some ownership over what they do. Yeah. It's sort of thinking, it's really changing your thinking about how you think about the people you work with.
1: Yeah, super, super good. How does one find out who it is that they even need to hire? So for example, you know, with us, we were like, okay, we want someone we want a project manager. And then when I said that to you on our pre-interview, you were like, well, let's take a look at that. So I thought that was really interesting. Let's let's just dive into people want to hire people and then they just have these labels, but they don't really know who it is and what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. So I really recommend that if you want somebody to do a specific position, that you sit down and you really think through exactly what does that look like? Am I hiring a project manager? Because a project manager can mean very many different things to very many different people. So like I was saying to you, like if you just say, I want a project manager and you put it on Facebook and be like, hey guys, I'm looking for a project manager. Anybody got one? Right. Which is what everybody does. Um well, and people are like, yeah, my, this guy, Joe, is really awesome. I'm going to hook you up or whatever, right? Like, this is what <laughs> happened. Um, well, I call it make it up. I call it, you know, make there's four, make it up, make it real, make it reoccur, optimize, okay? And so are they going to be somebody that takes an idea that you have in your head and then figures out all the different components and figures out all the different things that they need to bring in and then they set up the plan And then somebody else executes it, which is what it should be if it's that person. Or are they the person that is the executor of the project once all the pieces and parts have been brought in? Because I'll tell you what, those are two totally different people, right? Somebody that's going to be able to think and and gather all the different things and then sort of put the puzzle together is very different than the person that's going to do the work day in, day out, and make sure that the project is reoccurring on an optimal basis day in and day out. And so like, that's a that's an example of what I mean. Like, what does that look like? And are you asking somebody to be two different things? So this happens all the time in the work I do where there is a person that they're expected to be the, you know, I have to reoccur and do things with precision every single time, but they're also expected to be the idea person. And guess what? that is just not really, um, there are very few human, human beings in the planet that are going to do that really well. Yeah. Not, not, not that people can't do it, but that are going to do it really, really well. Like if you've got a really good idea person, that's different than the person that's going to keep everything on track and do the same thing all over.
1: Yeah, two, two totally different minds. It's funny because I work with my brother and I'm much more of the ideas, vision person. He's much more, so we're like, one human being, one brain split into two different bodies, which is amazing. Um, And we just got really, really lucky in that that regard. Um, So now I guess the next piece of this would be, so you hire this person, okay? The person that you're like super psyched about, you've done all this right work. Um, And then generally my experience has been that the first hire, at least for us, has never really been the one. It's like, it takes us like one or two people to kind of learn exactly and hone in exactly who we want and what we want. And then, you know, by like number three, four, we're kind of, we, we found that person. So is there a way around that? Is there a way to, when you hire someone, to train them up the right way so that that onboarding process actually has number one, be the person?
0: Yeah, and I think it goes back to sort of what we were just talking about, which is part of the reason that we go through several people in one position can be because we don't really have clarity about the position.
1: Mm.
0: And so we're learning through people what we really want and don't want. Kind
1: of like relationships. Uh,
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so um, that could be part of it. Um, The other part as well, though, is you know you really do want to have a true onboarding process for your employees and what i mean you know this is usually something that we think about as sort of a corporate kind yeah. of but um it's just as true for you as an entrepreneur like you don't want to be the kind of person that's like hey welcome okay sit down here's your computer have at it like that is not how you onboard an employee right you want to bring them in you want to make sure you want to Get them acclimated to the, to your company. You want to make sure that they really understand what you guys do as a company and the vision behind it. You know, they need time. You need time to sort of indoctrinate somebody into all of that and then let them start breathing into the position. Um, We have a whole process now that we do with anybody that comes on in our company Where we have it like day one, this is what they do. Day two, this is what they do. Day three, this is what they do. And you should be thinking about that too. Like in the first two weeks of somebody coming into this business, what are the things that I want them doing on a day by day basis? Don't be figuring it out as you go. Like think about it before they come in the door, because Mm. I promise you that that will make a fundamental difference in whether they'll work out. However, (laughs) <laughs> However, I really do think, though, that the other thing—this—you know—we're entrepreneurs. Working for entrepreneurs is hard, and I think we all need to recognize that as well. Like, and and I and I try to explain that to anybody that comes to work for me that. Working in an entrepreneurial business is not like working in a corporation, period, end of discussion. There are ups and downs. I am mercurial in my moods, um, but I'm not going to take them out on you. But, you know, I have days where I'm on top of the world. I have days where I'm down in the dumps. Like, that's the roller coaster. It's what it is. And we all are on this ride together. Um, I think that just some people are not cut out for it, Yeah. Period. And you won't know before you hire them. Like, that's part of the problem. And so that's why this, I think firing fast is really important. Like, if you know somebody's not going to work out, don't sit there and dwell on it for months. Get rid of them. Just do it. and, And just be really honest with yourself and them like, this is not going to work out. I can see it. And I don't want to keep you on the hook any longer. I don't want to drag you through months and months only to tell you what I'm telling you right this minute, which is, this is not going to work out. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, it's just recognizing that that might be just part of the way it is and it's okay. It's just part yeah. of what it is, you know?
1: But quick follow-up on what you were just talking about with the onboarding process. So are there tips that you recommend for, because a lot of the people uh, at least in my circles, maybe don't even have offices, right? They're, they're traveling all over the world. They have people all over the world. So you're not necessarily interacting with that human being in a face-to-face world today. So what's, what are some tips for an onboarding process for those first you know, two weeks, for example? Like What are the questions that we, as the business owner, should be asking ourselves to create that kind of onboarding process?
0: It's really about, you really want to start off the onboarding process about what is it that this person needs to know, not just about their position, but about your company. Mm -hmm. Of course, we want them to do all this due diligence before they even come to work for us. But the reality is, is that they aren't going to have the full picture and so, what does that look like? So, for example, one of the things that somebody that comes and works in my law firm, so my other business, has to do is they have to listen to several podcast episodes of mine that are about legal topics that yeah. I then, that the consumer would be listening to because I want my team to understand as much as a consumer would understand about what we do, right? So, I sort of indoctrinate them into legal topics. They aren't going to be, they aren't lawyers. These people are not lawyers. These are my staff members, but they have to know enough about that because they have to understand the kinds of things that my clients are asking, are concerned about and want to know. Mm -hmm. So I just, they have a certain things that they do. I have them make sure that they go through all the training for any software that we use on our computer. Like everybody goes through the whole training of that. I don't just have them jump in. Now, sometimes of course, you might have people that are already familiar with your software and that's fine but like if you have a project management service system for example most times people aren't going to be familiar with that they need to understand your system you should have them just do the training that comes along with it right and then be like this is how we integrate it maybe do a training video of your own so that it's always um, on for anybody that comes in if you have other team members they should spend time talking to video videoing with like sort of having that person explain what they do to the new team member and where it fits in into the whole picture. Right. And then, and how they see what their, that person's role is going to be in relation to what they do so that they can get indoctrinated and acclimated to the team and sort of start putting all these pieces together. So things like that, that can easily be done whether the person is physically present or not.
1: Yeah, that's really, really smart. Oh, Um,
0: and wait, let me just say one more thing. And you, if you are going to be interacting with this person, that you spend minimum of two or three hours dedicated to talking that person through different things about what you need them to know. So I wouldn't say a whole hour at a time is probably not good. Half hour, you know, each time to, you know, overwhelm them. But all of that, and then also I think it's really important when you're onboarding somebody to give them permission to tell you when they've sort of reached their limit of being able to absorb, that you expect them to tell you so that you're not overwhelming them. Because people want to please you, and they'll pretend like they understand everything that you're saying, even when they've gone past their limit, and then you wonder why they don't remember. Yeah. Well, it's partly because we are overwhelming to people. <laughs> and so yep. we need to know that, right? And we need to accept that they, they probably will reach the limit. And so I always tell people, you must tell me because I will hold you accountable if you do not tell me when you've reached what you, your limit is, because I don't know what your limit is. You have, to, you have to be able to communicate that to me. And so I, I tell them that. I'm like, I give you permission to say no more, but you have to take control of that.
1: That's really brilliant. Because we obviously operate uh, at a really high capacity and we've trained ourselves to be able to take in a lot of information and do stuff with it. And we just assume that everyone works like that and they absolutely (laughs) do not work like that.
0: And in fact, some of your most valuable team members will not work that way. Yeah. Like for me, my most valuable team members are the people that are very process oriented. People that are very process oriented cannot take in a bunch of things because they need time to think about it. They, you know, they need time. They aren't just reactionary. They're proactive people and they want to like absorb it. Hey, you have to recognize that and value that in people. Right. And so that's
1: awesome. 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 So um, let's start shifting a little bit because we're, we're about to wrap up here. So, Um, What's the process, you know, when people want to work with you, how does that look? You know, who are your your ideal clients? I have three different
0: ways that clients tend to work with us. So I have a course that is for people that really are at the beginning more of their journey, and they just sort of want to know how to think through all of the steps. Um, It's very comprehensive. I have had rave reviews from the people that have gone through it, just about, all these things like, you know, you and I have touched on many of the things that you need to be thinking about and sort of how to approach them, but it goes into much more depth than that. So I have that. I do consulting with people one-on-one where I go with them and I come in with their team or I do virtual trainings with their team. Those are That's really only for people that are much more established. I'd say you have to be at least a six-figure entrepreneur for that to make any sense for you to be involved with me in that way. And then I do, like I said, the third thing is where I do consulting and training with much more you know, large businesses where there's you know, 10,000 employees.
1: Wow. That's amazing. All right. So how would people, wherever they are in that Ascension thing, how would they reach out to you, find out more about you?
0: So in the entrepreneurial space, I would really recommend that if you're even, you know, cause I, we really have only touched on the tip of the iceberg and it's sort of like, how do you know who's the right person for you? And what are the things that you need to be looking out for? Right. Cause like I said, the inherent in sometimes the best relationships of the people you need the most is the potential for conflict. So one of the things that I would recommend that if that's something that you're interested in or a little intrigued about, I have on my website, nicolewhip.com, it's right on the homepage, there's a button, you can take an eight question quiz, where it'll walk you through and then it'll tell you this is who you are. This is what your instinct is. And if you need somebody to do these types of things, this is the kind of person you need. But beware, because these are the pitfalls. And then, or But if you need somebody like this, then this is the kind of person you need and beware of these pitfalls. So it sort of gives you all this information from just eight questions. And um, I've had, you know, people tell me it's extremely accurate. They get it. It's, it's intuitive. So that's something that you can do. And, you know, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I'm everywhere.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I really like that, that uh, quiz thing. That, that makes a lot of sense because it's kind of like we spoke before. There are different communication patterns. With different people, and a lot of the times, I find that we try to find people like us. And I think if anyone got anything from this is, you don't want people like you, which is going to have to. You're going to get to work on your communication skills and understanding people at a whole new level, which I think is really, really important. Yeah, we, we've always guy. And I both tend to be much bigger visionary type thinkers, and so working with people and i have to say from my experience like working with people who are super detail oriented was super confronting mm-hmm. right like they asked all of these at the when i first started it was like nagging questions i was like just why don't you fucking get it like right just be with me and and, and yeah. for them to get it they need like you said to see all of the pieces and it was just working on myself like continuously working on myself and getting like oh, this is how my brain does not work. This is, this is why I'm hiring this person. is really, really great.
0: Well, and you just said something that's really important because I always tell the people that I work with at the end of the day, what makes you a great entrepreneur, person that can make money and make things happen, are not the same skills that make you a great leader of a great team. They're two totally different skill sets. And so like to work on yourself, to accept that first and foremost, like, yeah, you can make money. So what if you can't lead a great team, it's not going to go so well for the long term. And so you have to recognize that it's okay to develop that as a skill set. And, And it's huge. And then also recognizing that people that ask you those questions, like you feel like they're nagging questions, they literally have a need to ask those questions. It isn't like they're trying to be jerks. They need to ask those questions and you need to let them, you know, so um, maybe you need set rules about it, but you, you have to let them answer. it. So it's just sort of like really getting into that, into your own self and recognizing that's OK to develop yourself as a leader and that it's a different skill set. It's OK.
1: Yeah. What I became aware of with those questions. So first, it, it really like I felt like I was being nagged. Um, and I was like, okay, that's not it at all. Obviously, they're, they're, they're best intentions, really trying to move this business forward. And that's when I had that conversation about processes. And I realized, like, for them, they're not. If I want, to, like, say that person leaves and I want to bring in somebody else, I'm going to have to go through the whole rigmarole again from scratch. Or this person gets to detail out this process to a level that someone else can come in and go, Oh, boom, boom, boom. Cause that detailed person is going to think like the other detailed person and that's how they see life. Yes. And once I got that, I was like, okay, I will invest whatever time is necessary now. So that five years from now, I never have to think about this thing again. And Amen. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, once I got that, I was like, Oh, ask away, you know, like, cause I, we don't think that way. Right. I'm like, I, I can go from one to step 22 in like five seconds and someone, you know, they just don't see it that way. So I think it's really, really important, especially for entrepreneurs and, and solopreneurs who have kind of been like doing the lone wolf thing for so long that the work that you get to do or the opportunity that you get to do is, to now develop a whole new skill set um, around communication around leadership around having people be loyal and passionate and bringing out their creativity and their gold that's really been a beautiful process for me internally as a as a human being not just as a business owner
0: right well you just think about it like these are all mini marriages and so even if you pride yourself on being somebody that's really good with people and I certainly did. Um, I know I'm a lawyer. That's like my whole business is what that business was communication as is, is this one. And yet it's not the same to be just a good communicator in a general sense and be a good leader of a team, you know, because it's like these little mini marriages, and you have to manage multiple of them. And then plus maybe your own relationship. And you know, so you have to, so it becomes, you know, you have to think about it that way that like, it's just as serious as that in some ways, and that you have to take it just as seriously. And there's just as many problems. And there's all those things that come into play. And so just sort of thinking about it in the right way alone can make a difference for you.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Well, Nicole, I really, really value your uh, information, your knowledge, your wisdom that you came here and shared with us. I really hope that you guys listening uh, got a tremendous amount of value. We'll have all the links uh, on how you can reach Nicole in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Have an amazing day. You too. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that All of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, You'll only get an email or two from us per week, and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group, where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.